Hello, welcome to another episode of We Healthy. It is still March. And so we are celebrating National Lymphedema Awareness Month. And as a lymphedema therapist, uh, last week I went over the basics of the lymphatic system. So this week I would like to talk about the differences between primary and secondary lymphedema. And it's really important for everyone to really understand the basics. And that is because everyone is at risk. So it's important to understand what the risks are. And those risks are why people develop lymphedema. So we understood, let's do a quick review. Last week, we talked about the lymphatic system. So you have a superficial lymphatic system everywhere. You have skin, you have little tiny lymphatics that are the vacuums that are sopping up all of the garbage and waste and fluid that is sitting in the space right underneath your skin. So it's our body's sewage system. It then gets uh, sent to the lymph nodes. We talked about where those are. And then once all of that bacteria is filtered in the lymph nodes, it then gets sent to your deep lymphatic system, which is in your trunk. And the main duct pierces the diaphragm and it eventually combines with your venous system up at your neck. So the bloodstream and the lymphatic system connect up at the neck area. Uh, so when you're going through a manual lymph drainage massage, you, we, even though you may have swelling in one part of your body, we're actually starting up at the neck. Then we move on to the abdomen and then we get to the area that is swollen. Uh, so let's go over, well, how do people develop the swelling? So primary lymphedema is when you are either born with lymphedema, so you're born with swelling somewhere in the body, or you develop it at a certain age with no other reason. And this is kind of tricky. There is, There are some tests that can be done um, that will show us your lymphatic system and why there may be swelling. So for example, if you're born with less lymph nodes or lymphatic vessels in a certain part of the limb that, that are entangled, or there are some vein disorders that um, could encroach on the lymphatic vessels. So think about it as a, a birth defect in a way. So you may not notice it at birth, but with um, time and, uh, you know, just it's, it's like a small clog in the sink. If there is a small clog uh, and that was the birth defect, it could occur at any age. Uh, but usually you're going to see it before age 30 for a primary lymphedema. And there are different names that we label um, different lymphedemas at different ages when it's primary. I have seen a lot of primary lymphedema. And my, actually my first, my first patient that helped me to understand the passion I have with treating lymphedema, uh, had primary lymphedema for over 50 years. She was born with it. She showed me pictures when she was five years old and she had a, a slightly larger leg. 
And when I saw her, she was in her fifties and it, her leg was probably 10 times the size of the other leg. Very hard as a rock, lots of skin changes because back then there wasn't treatment. So this treatment that I perform complete decongestive therapy, it actually only came into the States in the late eighties. So when you think about that, people who were born with it before the eighties, they're really, there were compression garments and there were pumps. But those, unfortunately, are still being recommended uh, right out of the gates when someone's diagnosed. And those are not the first lines of treatment. The first line of treatment is what I perform, which is CDT or complete decongestive therapy. And it basically gets rid of the swelling through techniques of massage and bandaging. Uh, And it's pretty intensive, which is why we call it the intensive phase. You come here every day, Monday through Friday. And once we get you get the swelling under control, then we put you in uh, different compression garments and we basically create a self-care regimen for you to manage the limb so that it doesn't re-swell, okay? Uh, The next type of lymphedema, so that's primary lymphedema, you're born with it and um, it develops at some age, okay? Secondary lymphedema is when you develop lymphedema because of either an insult, an injury, or an overwhelming load uh, on the lymphatic system. So let's think of it as you were born with a completely normal lymphatic system, but something damaged it. So what we know best, and what I usually describe secondary lymphedema as, is breast, breast cancer. We know breast cancer, unfortunately, it's so prevalent. Um, and so when we think of breast cancer, there's a tumor in the breast. If it's metastasized to the lymph nodes, because remember that, that lymphatic system is doing its job. And if those cancer cells get in the lymphatic system and and are drained to the lymph nodes so that the lymph nodes start filtering it, uh, that's when we know it's metastasized to the lymph nodes and those need to be removed. So the surgeon will remove lymph nodes. So now we have an automatic uh, disruption or an injury to the lymphatic system. We're taking away part of the plumbing. So we take out the lymph nodes, but then some patients will also have uh, radiation, which radiation can damage the local vessels that are normally draining the, the fluid from that area. And then even just the surgery, you know, we don't talk about this a lot, but I've had people that have just had multiple orthopedic surgeries and they develop secondary lymphedema. And it's because those little lymphatic vessels are right underneath the skin. So anytime they are performing a cut in the skin, now we have a lot of lymphatic vessels, but depending on your genes and how you scar down, right? So here's where I love a 3X4 genetics test to understand how you are going to possibly scar? How, uh, you know, are you someone who has inflammation as your top three uh, pathways that are uh, affected by your genes? Then we may do more. We may watch you more after a surgery if if you develop um, post-operative swelling that doesn't go away. So going back to the cancer, you know, we know every cancer patient pretty much. Uh, Yeah, pretty much every cancer patient is at risk for developing lymphedema. There's a really great study I always reference um, that shows uh, that if you've had lymph node removal and radiation, 
you have a 44% chance of developing secondary lymphedema. So that's, that's a large amount. And with the development of bioimpedance, which I've been using in my practice for well over 12 years, um, and now I have the upgraded Sozo model, which now shows us body composition, but that tool can allow us to prevent lymphedema. So we take that 44% incidence in breast cancer and we drop it down to 4%. So I am not even going to go into that. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that next week because this is super important. And it's a passion of mine for people to understand that there is a way to prevent lymphedema, but, um, we need to get the awareness out there. So I will talk about that one next week. So what else causes uh, secondary lymphedema? Uh, we talked about orthopedic surgeries. So if you've had uh, injuries to your limb or to your body in an area, let's say a sprained ankle, and then followed by an intensive surgery, I've had people with ankle replacements. Um, sorry, I've had people with ankle replacements that develop secondary lymphedema. There's a lot going on when you have an ankle replacement. Uh, knee replacements, can you can develop uh, lymphedema of the lower leg. Um, in the arm, I've had people who have had um, uh, any type of, uh, what am I thinking of? Um, Oh my gosh, I'm having a brain freeze. In the arm, it doesn't necessarily have to be breast cancer. It could be uh, melanoma. So if you're, again, removing and going through extensive scarring, that can develop into upper extremity lymphedema. And then we look at the one of the biggest reasons that I've treated legs uh, in my practice over the years is something called phlebolymphedema. Phlebolymphedema is when you have a problem with your veins, which I could go over that in a whole nother episode, but when you have a problem with your veins, either varicose veins, or you had swelling during pregnancy, um, or if you've had a blood clot, any of those things that have affected the venous system, once your venous system is not pumping properly or returning the blood back to the heart, it will leak out water. So water comes out into the tissues into that space we call the interstitium. And what happens with the lymphatic system, it has to work like a sump pump in your basement. It has to kick in like overdrive. And when that happens and you're not moving, so maybe you're more sedentary, maybe you drive a car or you're a surgeon and you're standing all day or a cashier standing all day, uh, those types of careers, uh, those professions really need to be wearing a support sock because you're not getting that active muscle pump, which affects your veins over time. So when veins become involved, then the water sl slowly leaks out into the tissues or into that space. Then you go to bed and you take away gravity and you might wake up a couple times because you're peeing out all the extra fluid that you accumulated in your lower legs. And at this point, you don't notice it. You don't notice that you're swelling by the end of the day um, because at night it goes away and you start your day all over again. So phlebolymphedema, I normally don't see until it actually prevents them from putting their shoe on. Maybe they start feeling tender because they've got all this buildup of fluid in their lower legs or they start walking differently. Um, and unfortunately at that point you've had it for years. Now, the beautiful thing is even though you've had it for years, I still, those patients reduce very quickly, very quickly, very rapidly. 
So you may only need a week or two of treatment. Uh, so the veins, we want to support our veins. I wear compression um, socks during the winter time because I had a lot of swelling during my pregnancies and I have a very large fibroid. So I have pressure on my venous system that I want to support my veins and my lower legs so that I don't develop flebal lymphedema in my life. <laughs> now, if I wasn't a lymphedema therapist, I would not know that at all. But it is important to understand that all of these reasons cause um, the lymphatic system to either be dysfunctional or just, I, I explain it as the lymphatic system is getting tired. It wants to retire. It wants to say, stop putting so much stress on me. <laughs> um, so a couple other, let's see, infections. So if you have cellulitic infections from a spider bite or just from a cut, cellulitis can, which is a skin infection and where you have to be hospital, sometimes hospitalized, but you have to be on antibiotics for that. That's an emergency. Um, when you have cellulitis, it damages the local lymphatics. So that can too cause secondary lymphedema. And what else causes? Oh, lipedema. Lipedema is another one of my favorite diagnoses to be working with right now because of my functional medicine background. So lipedema is a metabolic disorder that, um, that causes this abnormal accumulation of fat in very particular areas in the legs. It can also be affected in the arms and it's mostly women. And these are the women that are walking around that are look very curvy up top, like the hips and the buttocks. They're almost like the uh, buttocks have, have a shelf, you know, very like hippie. Um, and then you might create the lob, we call them lobules. These lobules are created right at the knee, the inside of the knee or, and around the ankles. Uh, and the legs could start to look columnar, uh, but the feet are completely spared no problems with the feet at all. And your upper body can typically be very unproportional to your lower body. So a lot of these women get misdiagnosed as just being obese. And that's not fair because these women, I've treated so many lipedema patients over the years. And I'll never forget this one 40 year old. She was a, um, she worked for uh, one of the news stations and she was starving herself. She was so thin up top, but she had this, I call it fluffy tissue down below. And uh, she was starving herself. Her hair looked terrible. Her skin looked pale because she really wanted to quote unquote, lose weight. And um, so over the years, I've really loved diving deep into what is the root cause of lipedema, because when you have that type of tissue, it does not allow the lymphatic vessels to do their job. So you can develop lymphedema just by having lipedema and the, or lipedema, however you want to call it. But that's what gets a little tricky with um, the terminology. Lymphedema is the swelling where lipedema is the metabolic disorder. It's a fatty disorder. So those patients are also going to be developing a secondary lymphedema because of the type of tissue they have in their legs and the amount of fat cells that are uh, maturing. The, the fat cells get very enlarged. So that kind of think about it as strangulating those little pathways that need to drain the legs. Uh, 
So let's see all the different reasons and why the lymphatic system is just so important to understand. So as I'm talking about this, you may actually know someone who has lymphedema or lipedema or vein problem. And I just love educating. Now I am working solo. I'm a private practitioner, but I am putting together some workshops that are going to be so amazing, not only for um, for patients with lymphedema, but patients with lipedema and patients with hormone imbalance. So keep an eye out for those. But if you are local and you'd like me to um, see if I can fit you into my schedule and have a consult, please reach out to me because I'm really passionate about creating awareness around this condition because I've been doing it for 20 plus years And, um, back 20 years ago, I was seeing patients from all over the country because I was one of the only ones certified. Uh, but now there's so many lymphedema therapists, but unfortunately they just don't have the experience and, or the program in their facility that allows them to grow, uh, with their experience. So I just love educating. I love that I've built up a lot of experience on my tool belt. And I hope that this was helpful for you or your family or your friends to really understand um, how you could be at risk for developing lymphedema uh, and how to, well, this channel is going to be talking about all the different ways of how we can prevent it. Because when we get healthier from the inside out, your lymphatic system loves you because you have less toxins in your body. You have less uh, mature fat cells that are disrupting the flow and you're preventing big things from happening, you know, like things, unhealthy cells, right? Like when we look at big things, neurological disorders, cancer, Alzheimer's, all of these things, uh, when we get well, we reduce the risk of these happening. And so overall, uh, I feel like we can really put a dent in the amount of incidence of lip, of lymphedema patients by just getting well from the inside out. And the patients that I already have who have lymphedema are improving their self-care regimen, actually eliminating some forms of compression because they're getting well from the inside out. And I don't know if you can hear it, my voice. I just get so excited to teach people how to have a better quality of life, um, especially after I've had to teach them that this is going to be with them for the rest of their life. And I've always taught my patients that you do not, no matter what stage your lymphedema is, you do not want your lymphedema to control you. You want to control your lymphedema. And we have the tools to do that. And you have me and my knowledge and my experience to do that. So thank you for listening. And I can't wait to talk about the Sozo next week. Have a great day.